Hello and welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. Hello. How are you doing, Monty? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Matt? I'm really good, but I have a confession to make. Oh. And I've been really busy, and so you're going to have to carry this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good job. Some, one of us has done their homework, eh? <laughs> I say that now. You might be thinking, I've not done my homework, but it's where we start. But it's a big one this week, it isn't is. it? It yeah. is a big one. What is it? It is La Suède. La Suède. Sweden. Sveria. Sweden. The Mighty Melody Festivalen. Wow. That's what we're talking about this week. Melody Festivalen has become massive in Eurovision fans and even outside of you know some of the diehard Eurovision fans it's something which I think you know people are more aware of as the Swedish selection process but also people are engaged in by often going to the events mm. and certainly watching it it's become one of the most popular national finals to watch when did you first become aware of it Only sort of, I don't know, 2013-14, from a real stand-in point, stand-in start, I was like, oh, what's this Melody Festival? Oh, Oh my God, this is Melody Festival. (laughs) And it was like, the history, um, the fact that I knew what Schlager music was, Mm. but didn't realise that it has a male fest sort of history attached to it and yeah just all of that it was just oh okay yeah really late 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 to the game that is late because it it seemed to really take off around sort of 2006 2007 2008 2009 because they've done it they they, like Eurovision or like many national finals they did a big overhaul didn't they they did actually they did that in 2002 moving it from a single show yeah um, which had 10 or 10 entrants generally um, to a six-week format where they've got four weeks of heats, um, a second chance round, Andra Janssen, and then the final. Mm. So it's a, it builds a bit of momentum as people tune in each week to see what are going to be the new songs and what are going to be the songs that you know get through to the second chance round, what are going to be the ones that get to the final. So it has become quite big business. I remember watching it. Um, it. For me, it was the first non-UK national final I watched. And it was, again, I think it was, we were becoming aware that, oh my God, there's all of these different shows happening all around Europe. And I used to get it sent across on a, a VHS tape. The first one I got sent across was 1998. Wow. Um, from a friend who lives in Sweden. Um, hello, Annette. Hey, how are you? She used to send them over and I'd get a big envelope with the cassette and then there'd be another sealed envelope saying, don't open this until you've watched it. And she'd put a load of press cuttings in oh, um, about the uh, the final. And obviously, you know, now I've been to Sweden and seen how, you know, how much the press carried stories about it. I can see, you know, why it's this, it was this big, exciting thing. So, yeah, it's um, over 20 years I've been watching Melody Festival and, and we just every single year. We don't get that excitement anymore. Like no. having press cuttings sent to you from a friend. I know, it's, like, it's really it's exciting. Media. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's all online now. I mean, it's great, you know, for accessing it to save somebody the job of doing it. Yeah. But it was so exciting to get that. And it was like the first taste of there being a world outside of my own national final and this world that was feeding into Eurovision. It was just so, so exciting. But it became such a big thing. I think it seemed to take off here in London when we had, and we mentioned this in the episode when we talked about Germany, the venues that were screening 
um, Meldy Festival. So the Swedish Church does it now. And before that, there was the Harcourt Arms, the pub in Marlborough, which was Swedish run. They had the satellite system. So we found out that, you know, somebody discovered, well, you can use the satellite mm. to watch Meldy Festival. And we go and take over the, the pub. It's closed down now, or it, it closed down and it's opened up in non-Swedish management so that, that's gone a little bit which is a real shame but for a, a few years a few glorious years those Saturday nights out were just unbelievable I it almost got dragged so there 2013 mm. and 14 I almost got dragged there mm. and I wish I was now I wish I was oh there. what a shame yeah, yeah. It could have been all been so different, Monty. It could have been, yes. I could yeah. have been I could have been Eurovision obsessed. Can you imagine? <laughs> you got there at the end. So um we mentioned as well that, that overhaul and went to the, the sort of the tour format, so it became much bigger. But it's always had a place in Swedish cultural history. I think because it's been their selection format for such a long time it has a bigger place than just being a national final. Mm. Um, it's an, it's kind of the National Song Festival. And I think the, the name of it, the, the Melody Festival, is emblematic, really, of what it, it is. And it's tied in much more closely with the local music industry. And yes, there's a calibre of star that will do Melody Festival and, and a calibre of, you know, the, that great canon of Swedish pop that just would never do it. Um, but there are, um, you know, it, it's got a different place. It, people will use it to launch their album. They'll use it to get publicity because they know that all eyes are going to be on Melody Festival. Yeah. It's the biggest watch show in the country. Well, not and you are going to get that you know you're going to get an audience from mm. it this not this year but last year or year before and I think it was last year in 2018 I think did they not have Zara Larsson perform in the final in the as an interval act yes yeah. yes which is obviously to them it's mm. it's kind of that's a big star yeah from their own mm. music scene interesting that she was doing it as a guest and not as a competitor yeah though. yeah not, not stoop that to that that level <laughs> still keeping yourself above it but it, it became really popular I mean I went for the first time in 2003 um, and I watched it at a friend's house on TV and then I went back in 2004 we went to the show for the first time and it was this great tradition of fans travelling but I remember going particularly in the sort of the late the late 2000s there'd be masses of us would go over from London mm. and people you know European fans that we knew from all over Europe would turn up in Stockholm for the weekend and we'd all go out to the same places so we'd go to a club called Paradise on the Friday night which was great fun and we used to go to a club called Lino on a Saturday that sadly closed down but I remember that was an amazing club and played Schlager music all night and you had to be in you had to be in the doors as, you know, soon after it opened because I remember Jody one year getting stuck outside for an hour in the queue oh, no. because he was just a little bit late of getting there from uh, where he'd been uh, to watch the show and of course we all went to Patricia the the boat the, the club on a boat uh, that has a gay night on a Sunday and we all <laughs> play Schlager music and everybody who hung around in town just used to go there they were fantastic nights out really really fantastic sounds um, good yeah but I I don't think we can have a discussion of the merits of Melody Festival and without addressing some of the things that it's criticised for as well. Especially in recent years, mm -hmm. contemporary Melody Festivalen. The question is, what are the songs that it's producing and the way that the performances are devised? And they are super polished. Mm -hmm. It's a super polished performance, super polished production. Mm -hmm. But then again, when something is that polished, all the edges have been taken off. 
Yes, the Melody Festival it is not rough around the edges. No. That's one thing you 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 can't, you can't say about it. Um, and even I'd go so far as to say it's a little bit formulaic. Yes. So you know we kind of sort of know which slots in the in the heats the big songs are going to be. We look out for who's going to get slot the final slot in the final heat. Yeah. Um, are they going to be the favourite? Because you know the the, the favourite has been lined up there. Um, and of course, Melody Festival and the champion that produce a led uh, draw rather than a random running order. So I think there, you know, there are some fair criticisms to be levelled at it that it has become. You know, we we know the style of music we're going to get in it. We know we're going to get a kind of like you know traditional Swedish um, uh, singer. Um, we know we're going to get kind of the old schlager stars. Sometimes not singing schlager numbers anymore. Um, we know we're going to get you know some polished pop. We're going to get a bit of like you know rap or rock or hip hop or something in there. So it's diverse in yeah. that sense, but it's not diverse because you can almost kind of you know you can almost pick and you know predict what's going to be there yeah. sometimes just from the name of the the songwriters or the artists yeah and the slots you know you know that yeah you, you know that that legendary slot that they have mm. which is someone coming back to sing a song which isn't quite good enough but mm. they're still loved yeah you know it's like like, <laughs> like humperdink or um <laughs> well or uh, <laughs> um go that far <laughs> bonnie tyler <laughs> except we sell them to you originally yeah we don't cherish them the same way as the swedes seem to that cherish true. them I, I remember actually the first time i went um i was so surprised at how they everybody knew the songs that didn't make it to eurovision you know, I thought, you know, if you in the UK people might remember our Eurovision entrance, but they're not gonna remember who was in the song for Europe and actually the the these songs have become a cherished part of uh, you know, the Swedish pop music canon. Um, you know, they're they're then they are known by everybody because because they become hits outside of Melody Festival. It's not just about who goes to, to Eurovision. But in two thousand and sixteen, Stockholm Eurovision, the the fan village so Swedish mm. it's really interesting because it was just this carousel of I assume uh, Melody Festival and, but mm. they certainly Swedish artists but it was just this carousel of this act this act this mm. act and everybody in the crowd knew yeah. the, the words of the song and sing along and I thought these are big stars that I mm. had no idea who they were but it, so there's a it's a real it's entrenched history isn't it yeah, absolutely. it really is yeah, yeah they remember them now the Swedish cherry has long been a subject of thorny debate amongst the team. Swedish <laughs> Swedish cherry gate. The Swedish cherry gate. Uh, we've had some heated discussions about which should be the the Swedish cherry song, but I think as well, um, it's because we we were probably as familiar or more familiar with the Swedish songs than we are with the other national final songs and I think most of the fans uh, you're going to get a larger proportion of the fans who are more familiar with the Swedish songs so we have when we've been picking in the past we've often got petitions well we've been petitioned when we're out in bars and clubs and we see our friends and they're kind of you know trying to drop little hints yeah. as to what should be the Swedish song but of course we are we are not for persuading in that way we have we, had messages this year we have had messages this year mm. but we've not been influenced by no. them it's a the, the cherry team's decision is is an impartial decision 
<laughs> no, it really is. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> so we, um, looking back at this year, um, John Lundvik won the Melody Festival and, and went to Sweden. And um, he did very well, actually. He um, continued that tradition of um, Swedish songs performing very well at Eurovision. And um, he finished fifth. Yeah, we won't get into the whole that final image of him being disappointed that's a whole other story about the oh, way the votes yes. are delivered at Eurovision but um, I, I think that you know when the dust is now settled um, they'll be pleased with that it was a good fifth good damn finish. good in, in yeah. a strong year absolutely absolutely I loved it I mean for me it was the right song that mm-hmm. one I absolutely adored it a little bit given to John himself but, um, it wasn't purely the musical let me influence. tell you at the London Eurovision party I had to follow Monty around with a, with a mop <laughs> <laughs> don't give away all my secrets and cat spray <laughs> <laughs> no John was lovely he no, was lovely. just yeah he was a really a really very charming man as well to meet um, and uh, I'm, yeah I'm really pleased that it did um, that well but I think there was a sort of collective sigh of relief that Sweden didn't win again um, you know they're on six victories at the moment they're chomping at the bit behind Ireland they're more likely to win again in the near future than Ireland I think just yeah. given you know the track record and what they bring to the, the to the game um, so I think we will see Sweden overtaking um, Ireland's uh, record a number of wins within the not too distant future. John, of course, was um, uh, familiar to us as UK fans because he was one of the authors of the the UK song. He was, and had he won, and the UK came last, which we did, <laughs> um, they you would have had the same um, the p- performer, same person performing the winning song and having written the the, the losing the last song. Place. Well, last place in the final. The last place in the really final. It's not really last place, is it? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but um, yeah, John Lundvik's Too Late for Love was the Swedish entry. But as you know, that's not what interests us at Second Cherry. No. We are interested in what else ran in the field. So we're going to have a little rundown of some of the songs that we think may deserve a second bite of the cherry. So Monty, we're not going to play it because we need to rattle through this, but my personal Mm favourite was actually Victoria with Not With Me, Mm -hmm. and um, I just loved it. I felt like the the rain coming down on her, the staging, the song was very simple but just beautiful, and I got a little... I didn't get told, but I got a little heads up. I was completely random. Uh, last October, last October, last October, mm-hmm. was on holiday in Grand Canaria. Went to a bar called the Clumsy Hammock or something, and there, <laughs> and there was a Swedish singer, and she sang, and it was sang all sorts of schlager and stuff. It was really good. And she was sitting down having some food, and I had one of those obnoxious people that went, "Hi, I really like what you're doing." Um, but we, she said, "No, come sit, have a drink with me," and we started chatting. Turns out she's the ex tour manager of Victoria, and oh. I and we were chatting. I was like, "Oh, interesting." I was like, "So, is she going to be in the festival in this year?" And she gave me a look. She put down her knife and fork, gave me a look, and she and said nothing. Just said, "You know, do you want to send a message to Victoria? A little video message." I was like, "Yeah, go on then." And so I did. I was like, "Oh, hi, you know, hope to see you in 2019." You know, whatever. <laughs> and then so she's like, "I send it to her," and then she wrote back saying, "Oh my god, that's so cool." 
and she's like so she didn't tell me that Victoria was going to be Melody Festivalen mm. but it's the way in which she kind of constructed that situation oh, I thought wow. you are telling me that Victoria's mm. in it but can't actually tell me Victoria's in it so yeah that's really nice oh how nice yeah so I was like looking out for it when, when they made the announcement so, so she was one of those artists that came back so it was her third attempt yeah. and it had really good results with her previous um, songs and I think when somebody comes back for a second or third go sometimes people think oh it's their turn now yeah. so I think a lot of people thought Victoria might be the, the Eurovision entrant for three especially year. when John Lundvik was his second time is that right? Is that, second so time, it was almost yeah. like it wasn't his time but this song was called My Time My the time, first yes. time weirdly yeah but um, yeah, no, I love I love Victoria. I, I'm a bit of a fan. I love her. I think she's got a great voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of a bit gutted that she didn't go. But yeah. you know, she didn't go, so tough. So I liked it actually. <laughs> I did like it. I thought I thought the rain effect was very effective. Yeah, it was a really um, again simple but really effective, and it gave us a little bit. I mean, I know we've seen like Ruth Lorenzo and having that rain effect, but it was just it was a little bit unusual. It was, although they did it say it gave her a cold. as well. It, yeah, because her yeah. hair was, actually they did it well, they tied her hair down, so, but uh, they said it gave her a cold in the final, mm-hmm. but I'm not quite sure about that, but yeah, but you know, she didn't make it, so mm-hmm. we're not interested. Now, Melody Festival was stuffed full of people who were coming back yeah. uh, this year, so we are going to focus on some of those as we go through. Um, so who's next on the list? Next on the list is Anna Bergendahl with mm-hmm. Ashes to Ashes. Now let's have a little listen to this. Just watch me as a shoe There's a fire Anna Bergendahl is famous for being the only person ever to not qualify oh, yeah. for the final for Sweden back in 2010 in Oslo. Weirdly, because it seems such a long time ago, but she's still really young. Yeah, actually. she must um, have been so young when she sang that in yeah. 2010. Um, it was, it was, I thought it was really nice to see her coming back. Yeah. I thought we, you know, that must have weighed so heavily on her shoulders the first time round. And I, you know, there are, there's there's clips on online of her in you know really upset yeah really genuinely upset um at not qualifying and i think it's easy to kind of you know sort of poke fun and you know a little bit of kind of laughing at somebody's misfortune but actually that must really smart and when you're from such a proud nation eurovision nation as sweden then that's got to be that's big news back home yeah, you've got all the tools at your disposal to do well, and you don't qualify. That it's it's hard to take. Absolutely. So it was really nice to see her come back. I mean, I have to say I didn't really rate the first song, and I wasn't surprised to see it not mm. qualify. But this was a really lovely song, "Ashes to Ashes," and presented so nicely. Yeah. As well, on stage, kind of like a sort of a garden where you know you kind of like more and more plants appeared in shot yeah. as she she came on and they just kind of you know burst into this kind of like well it almost looked a bit like hamster teeth it was yeah <laughs> but a bit more classy that's why I liked it it was classy <laughs> you know it was classy yeah I, I'd love to see the live st- like you know when you go to these live events and you see the person ho- grabbing the person uh, the, mm. the, the stagehand grabbing the person 
lift them off the box or add in the you get to see all like behind the curtain don't you but I wonder like who the person was who was like adding foliage each each verse <laughs> next up Arvingana Arvingana were back uh, they were the Swedish entrance in was it 1992 way back oh god um, the boy band well they're a man band man now. band no longer just the boy band but again it was kind of like quite nice to see um, to see them back they sang Eloise in 1993 I've just checked that um, was their, their entrance um, this song was called I Do let's have a quick blast of it hugely popular it was one of those songs that got through I think to the second chance round the Andra Shansen it did and then qualified but this just seemed to be taken to heart by a lot of people yeah this had this had something about it mm-hmm. to the point where I thought when it got to the final it's going to do a Robin Sturenberg and come through the wild card Andra Johnson and then win Melody Festival which didn't happen but mm-hmm. it had some energy about it it was dated yeah retro dated whatever it was in that sort of sphere but my god it was catchy and you just wanted them to do well one of those songs that's definitely in for the Swedish audience yeah for sure and, uh, you know they really really did get behind it it was high camp absolutely really yeah. there's certain lot of movements on the floor mm. like uh, sliding movements that had like this graphic that slid with them yes so it was just I remember that kind of like yeah camp is the only way I could Camping was sort of like the academic sense, like, yeah. And I didn't realise until I was looking up for tonight that it was co-written by Nana Grenval. All right. Nana Grenval, who's been in Melody Festival and several times with um, Holome and Arvin Truk and was one part, half of One More Time in 1996 with Din Wilder for Sweden with the actual Swedish entrance. Melfest family. Yeah, so she's um, she's certainly been around. I didn't realise she was behind one of the songwriters behind that. But actually, this is a thing in Sweden. You do get the same songwriters popping up time and time yeah. again. Um, you know, I think, you know, some are new songwriters, but there's a lot of very established um, songwriters there. And the next song we're going to look at was actually written by uh, two of the, um, the, the songwriters were behind um, Euphoria. Yeah. So Peter Bustrom and Thomas Gason. Now Thomas Gason's written like on the umpteen Melody Festival and the Eurovision entrance and has now gone off to write other countries. He's written for Spain, he's written for Georgia, Cyprus. he's written for Cyprus. You know, almost kind of like Melody Festival and it's so hard to win that you've got to, you know, you've got to hold your cookies elsewhere. But I think he gets bought in because of being a sort of a dependable He game. really does, yeah. One may say dependable, one may say formulaic. But this next song, this was something I really liked and it's uh, called Somebody Wants and it's by the lovers of Valdero. Somebody wants to feel 
for me this is just like a really lovely pop song I really really warm to it and I, this was one of those like wild card entrants that gets through on a, a vote before Melody Festival yeah it's a radio vote yes very early on yeah actually in fact we're probably about to get the is it NASA it's or coming up sort of the it's yeah towards soon, the end of the year yeah. isn't it yes <laughs> yeah and they've got an interesting name. The Lovers of Valdero are... It's the nickname given to two preserved skeletons um, of a couple that was found somewhere in an excavation site. Mm. Uh, and I didn't know anything about that until um, I heard that. But I just thought this was a lovely pop song. Really, really nice to have that there. And I'd like to see more from that duo. Yeah. Another returner this year that I really want to mention was the Finnish-Swedish singer Arya Sajonba. Uh, Arya Sajonba, she um, is very famous in Melody Festival and for, I think, her second place song, which hooked over Harvard, and she's got this booming voice. And it's just a classic. It's one of those classics that, you know, she's quite possibly one of those artists that popped up on that Eurofan village stage. That's yeah. the kind of calibre of artist she is now I just wanted to mention her not going to play the song because the song wasn't great actually she came back with a bit of a ballad so a bit disappointing but it felt to me that she got what's fast becoming the legend slot in Heat 1 the fifth place going to a a, a diva a former diva of uh, Melody Festival often coming back with this slightly disappointing song like more of a ballad or a slow number uh, where they've had like you know great schlager classics in the past so we had Arya Sayonma this year last year we had Kiki Danielson mm. um, but uh, with her uh, sort of country and western song the year before Charlotte Pirelli who um, some people I know were aghast at the fact that she came back with a guitar that she <laughs> strummed herself <laughs> uh, and the year before that uh, Anna Book was in the uh, in that slot Anna Book um, had a great melody festival and songs in the 1980s now she was disqualified from that slot because uh, it was uh, discovered that her song had been released before but again we've had four years now of back to back erstwhile Schlager Divas in that fifth slot in the in the final so it'll be interesting to see if that tradition continues next year interesting though I watched that in that episode um, Heat sorry that she was in in the Swedish church in London and um, there's obviously a few Swedes around Mm -hmm. um lapped it up yeah like went bananas for that one of the biggest cheers of the night yeah she's like the nostalgia entry yeah so yeah you can see why she was uh, popular one of the favourites I think this year seemed to be Hannafern and Liamu and I actually thought this kind of became a kind of a default favourite because we didn't have it didn't feel as though the first couple of heats were that fantastic. Mm. It took a while to get going in Melody Festival this year. But I think that is the that does happen. The heat because you're hearing the first songs for the first time, really, on the day of the the final, either in the show or if you listen to there's snippets of them online and um, before. But it's really the first time we're getting to hear them. And so this became a fave, um it's called Hold You by Hannah Fern and Liam. <laughs>
it's a good song. That with the presentation had all this kind of sort of like um, chiffon scarves and flying in the wind machine. It, it, it sort of lit to look almost like flames. I thought, but it it just didn't really go anywhere for me. Yeah, I, f- I felt like there was chemistry between these two. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent of the time, but there was chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Strong song. I think it gained momentum um, from the first time we saw it live in performance, and and it kind of did have a bit of a following. Um, sang really well. I think if I off, if I remember, there was a really kind of quite a difficult high note and she smashes it a bit of I think there's a bit of harmony I think they try at some point mm-hmm. it worked it was good just in the sea of other Melfest mm-hmm. yeah. you know, quality songs it, it kind of didn't quite make it for me one song I think we should pick out is uh, a song by Margaret called Tempo now Margaret's uh, been around a couple of years on the Eurovision circuit she um, first popped up in Poland she's a Polish um, artist and she popped up with uh, the song Cool Me Down caused a huge stir before the national final oh. so many people thought it was going to win Eurovision myself included and then she turned up on stage performed it and it was just a bit of a wet blanket really L- okay <laughs> last week you had your little grievance <laughs> this is my turn alright Margaret absolutely it's so frustrating I just can't so call me down if anyone hasn't heard that go and listen to it Margaret as in spelt the traditional way call me down it's Rihanna it was Rihanna inspired it was current it was fun you could you could if you you don't need a visual you could see what they could have done on stage with it it was such a good pop song I think I could, you could even go back to somewhere on social media I said that's it Poland has won Eurovision mm-hmm. 2000 and whatever Death. I, it was brilliant uh, and then she then she got to the the national final this was in Poland mm-hmm. and she just looked like it looked like a rehearsal yeah. in the sense from her from a from an effort point of view it was yeah cool me down da, 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 yeah and it, and I just thought you've really annoyed me now you've got us all excited over this song on the record and then you could you, she can perform it live I'm sure mm. she can to the level that we need it to be absolute like it was a like you said a wet blanket and then I thought do you know what she's got a second chance what a second chance at Melfest not this year this was the year before yes. with Go- in my cabana yeah, in my cabana. yeah and I'm sorry favorite. and actually I'm going to I'm just going to sweep now and say and tempo this year again it's like this is a trait of her she does these performances that are lacklustre lacklustre is a very good word I think for me it's very disappointing when you've got such a good song and you've got a performer that doesn't have the charisma and the stage presence to pull it off and I think that you know it was quite interesting that you know Margaret did in my cabana last year and then in her little um, video before she sang tempo this year she was talking about how you know I think this year you know the Swedes have really you know they, they've got to know me they've really made me feel welcome uh, they've made, really made me feel successful here and then they unceremoniously jumped her out of the heat yeah. without even getting to the, the Andra Shansen round yeah. and I feel a bit sorry for her but absolutely you you hit the nail on the head it's lacklustre on the performance great great pop songs on, on the studio version but just really really lacking in performance and now here's the thing if it's nerves and let's be honest there's a lot we, there's some very famous singers the best singers Adele was famous for it gets like sick with nerves mm-hmm. So I can understand if 
it's her way of dealing with it or something. But once you're in that, you've got three minutes on stage and it's a song that you practice, you know, there's no excuse. You know, some of the, Call Me Down especially, I thought that, how can you not get into that song? I would have loved to be on stage singing something like mm-hmm. that. And I don't know what it is. If someone might write in and tell us that, well, she does have stage fright or whatever, I don't know. There's a definite disconnect and I don't understand why there's no rhyme or reason for it and it makes me angry. On the other hand, we've our next performer is somebody who took, I think, a fairly plain song and made a, an event out of it. Yeah. Uh, it's Lena Headland uh, with Victorious. Now, Lena, we know from Alcazar. Uh, she was one part of Alcazar who've tried so many times in the in Melody Festival and, and um, have actually been our second cherry for Sweden. I think three times. Wow. And they even won second cherry. They won second cherry in a date that's on the website. That I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing about Alcazar, and this is what maybe other countries other than Sweden, especially in the UK... We've heard of Alcazar, mm-hmm. or that camp group from the 90s, or whatever, 2000s? No. 2000s. But actually, we really underestimate how big Alcazar mm-hmm. is in Sweden. Yeah, They absolutely. are huge. Really huge. And this song wasn't, like, stunning, but I think people were just... People really wanted a bit of fun. Yeah. And she gave us fun. And that's the the joy of something like this in Melody Festival. A little Schlager-esque pop number that's just there to have fun. And she she loved the fact that she qualified. She went direct to the final. She went mental, didn't she? she <laughs> but do you know what? A part of that as well, and we talk about narratives and building this story and getting momentum, there was a lot of stuff online about her age mm. and being... And maybe there was this win behind her where people just thought you know what yeah we're going to vote for you we like mm-hmm. you you're Alcazar and no one cares about your age yeah so I'm really yeah I love that song fantastic so um, next song that we're going to have a quick listen to is another return to Melody Festival I've tried three times now to get to Eurovision and it's Jon Henrik Fjellgren with Norsken or Gjuksek in whatever language that's in. It's uh, Jon Hendrik Falgren. John Henrik Fjallgren brings that northern Swedish uh, traditional Sami flavour into his work. Yeah. And it's an acquired taste, I think. It's not going to be to everybody's... uh, Not not everybody's going to love this. But I really quite think there's something quite interesting about it. He's not managed to make that leap from Melody Festival into Eurovision yet. Although I was wondering if 
we've got Kino in Norway who are so successful with the Televote that they won the Televote this year. Maybe the Swedes are warming to the fact that they could send a yoik yeah. to Eurovision and do well with it. Well, maybe Kano got it right, and we know they got it right. Mm-hmm. When you win the televote, you got it right. By having... It wasn't a traditional... Yoikin is traditional. Um, the imagery that we saw on stage and Spirit in the Sky, the mm-hmm. title of the track for Kano... All that has traditional elements and a feeling, a look and feel of tradition. But the song had ultimately a, a dancey beat and it had good vocal. Whereas with, with John, that's it's, it's still quite a traditional song. Yeah. It's done in a traditional style. Yeah. You know, even like the, the look, you know, at the end of the performance, look to the stag that's in the yes. background. And it's just... It, I just felt like it was reindeer reindeer so Uh yeah so it it just felt a little bit not too traditional I don't like that but you've got to like zhuzh it up Mm -hmm. in a more palatable way if you want to get Eurovision votes yeah so there's that I guess that dilemma then does he come back with something that's maybe of less integrity to his musical style but brings something which is a livelier audience crowd pleaser or maybe you need to fuse it because I wouldn't say no one in Kano was uh, compromising on who mm-hmm. they were outrageously because there's three of them mm-hmm. you would think oh they've been put together of course it's mm-hmm. not good but it worked yeah. I don't think any of them are really compromising so I think it's about John finding that that note that hit in the register which is it's con- it appeals to contemporary people are going to get behind you and vote yeah yet you are really displaying and showcasing your your tradition. Kano did that perfectly. I mean, it is perfection. Mm-hmm. What they were trying to achieve, they achieved oh, it. Oh, absolutely. If he can hit that, then he could... Yeah, absolutely. I can see something like that winning yeah. Melody Festival Island for sure. I'm sure we'll see him back because, uh, so. you know, Melody Festival Island is full of people that are returning. So we there's a list of other names here. We're not going to listen to these songs. We could be here all night talking about it. But we had Nano, Andreas Jonsson... Dolly Style, Lisa Ajax, Martin Steinmark, yeah. all artists who tried before Europe at Melody Festival. And I'm sure that we're going to see some of these back again in the coming years. So I'm sure that we will see a return of Jan Hendrik Fjellgren as well. So that's our summary of the songs. As ever, there's only one thing left to do, and that's let you know which of these we think deserves the Swedish cherry. So Max, I think over to you to reveal which song has been chosen. Well, before we reveal, I have to say, we have chosen, looking at our selection so far of cherries from other countries, we have applied different logic to our cherries. Some people you think they don't deserve a second chance, they've already had their second chance and third chance. But if there is ever, and I'm not speaking for the whole team here, but for me, I, I knew straight away who... I've already said that my favourite of the year was Victoria, although that's not the cherry that I would have picked, mm-hmm. because there is one artist across all national finals that encapsulates what second cherry and giving a second chance is and coming back and, and actually making the most of that opportunity, and it's Anna Bergendahl. Mm-hmm. And the song, Ashes to Ashes, it is just good for you. You came back, 
you delivered everything that we wanted you to deliver on okay you didn't get to Eurovision but it is seen as a success for you and I think you deserve that extra yeah the second cherry pick that, that was yeah. my case and I think that was probably similar to what a lot of other guys in the team thought as well I think so I think it actually unusually Sweden wasn't a controversial choice yeah this year we, we had pretty much agreement on it and I, I mean I can't top what you've said so just... you, who else epitomises second chance hmm. second cherry yeah Anna Bergendahl and she was a delight to have at the London Eurovision party this year as well yeah, so she professional really, really lovely. she's really professional yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely but it's just so lovely, lovely. To, to, to see it and if you um, if you fancy seeing Anna you can do this Friday in the Royal Vauxhall Tavern when she'll be the guest of honour at Eurofest this Friday which is uh, on then so we'll be down there yeah yeah that's really important Monty but if anyone wants to come along <laughs> and buy us a drink <laughs> <laughs> Then um, I'm absolutely yes, such a No, I'm joking. I've probably had too much drink. Uh, no, no, it'd be great to see you and come and say hello. Because sometimes I see people out and I know they know me and I know them, and we, it's a little bit awkward. I'm like, no, just say hello. Yeah, come up. Absolutely, we're friendly. We don't bite unless you ask us. To. Yeah, if you ask us, we'll bite. <laughs> Fabulous. So we hope to see some of you on Friday, and uh, that's the Swedish cherry. And I'm about to sneeze, so I'm going to say goodbye before I do. <laughs> okay, bye! bye. <laughs>